Hey y'all, producer Drew here. This month's episode was huge. Four guests is a lot to fit in. And that means a lot of content's gonna find its way to the cutting room floor. That's why we have bonus episodes, right? Up first, we rejoin Chase Heatherly and Ray up in the atrium to hear more of their conversation about the contemporaries and Ray's odd desire to eat the Chihuly. Uh, my name is Chase Heatherly. Uh, my day job, I serve as the publisher of the Free Times and the Post and Couriers Columbia edition. Um, and then my other hat I wear is I serve as the president of the Contemporaries Board for the Columbia Museum of Art. Chase, it is awesome to have you here, man. Thank you Thank so you. much for, for coming and being a part of our show today. And we've been talking a lot um, about um, uh, affinity groups and the Columbia Museum of Art and, you know, primarily acquisitions and, you know, what the groups do and how people can be a part of those groups. So a lot of cool things we get to talk about in the next, you know, 10, 15 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for coming out here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have the conversation. Cool. Cool. So tell us a little bit about the Contemporaries. Yeah, um, this is our fourth year on the Contemporaries board. I've loved it every minute. Um, we are a great organization. Um, really, the idea is that we are the organization that's focused on raising up the next generation of museum leaders. So typically, as you see, you know, cultural arts, um, unfortunately, sometimes their, their support, attendees, you know, viewers, donors, skew, little volunteers skew a little older. Um, the contemporaries really with, are with the mission of getting people in their 20s and 30s and 40s even to come into the museum, um, familiarize yourself with the Columbia Museum of Art, um, get passionate about what we do here, and get involved with the idea that we can continue to be involved even outside of, after we age out of the contemporaries. So, so what are some things that the contemporaries have helped acquire here at the Columbia Museum of Art? Absolutely, um, great question. So the, the contemporaries, of course, hold programs and events throughout the year. The proceeds from all of those programs and events go to our art acquisition fund, which is then used to acquire art for the museum. Um, so there are, I believe, six to eight pieces that we have acquired from the museum over the course of the contemporary's history. Um, the most notable one, of course, is the Chihuly. As you walk into the art museum, uh, you walk in, the Chihuly's hanging in the center of the center of the atrium. Um, of course, I think that's the most notable piece. Um, I think it's become very symbolic of the Museum of Art, and we were excited to be a part of that, um, that acquisition from Dave Chihuly out in Seattle, Washington. Um, other things, of course, the Mandel, um, which is the colorful wall in the upstairs of the atrium, um, is probably my favorite piece. And then most recently, um, Danny Rosen's phase, which is the interactive moving um, piece above the Boyd Plaza entrance that kind of sits above those doors is the most recent purchase. Um, we unveiled that in 2020. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone has been in the museum and has not experienced wanting to stand under this beautiful piece that's hanging from the ceiling and think, I wish that were candy. Um, yes. You know, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't look like something you'd want to eat. I just, I just want to touch it, don't you? You just yeah, want to like reach right. out and touch it and you just know it'll be disastrous, but you still want to do it. You can't you control just, it, yeah, yes. You, I mean, it, it invites you to, right? No, I mean, you just like, it's just so close, you almost touch it. They, they, they spaced out just far enough from the atrium walls where you can't quite get to it, right. which is a smart move, of course. Very smart, very but I always, smart. I always say that sitting here, the upstairs of the atrium where we are now, is just, you can sit in this one space and look around and see how much the contemporaries have impacted the Columbia Museum of Art. 
Yes. You see Rosen, you see Mandel, you see the Chihuly, you see this one space, you say, wow, the contemporaries have been such an integral part of the art museum for the last several decades. And they have a nice bench that you can sit on to enjoy all of yes, that, right? Three people at a time. <laughs> three people at a <laughs> yeah. time. Or maybe less if you're social distancing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, I mean, because yeah, you, you can't help but sort of be taken in by all of that in this yeah. space. And then plus you can, you know, as, as everyone else can hear, you know, you can hear everyone coming in and out mm -hmm. and conversations that they're having as they're going into the gallery and out of the galleries. Um, if someone wanted to be involved with the contemporaries, how could one do that? Absolutely. Um, we want everyone of all backgrounds, ages to be involved in contemporaries. Of course, we do skew 40 and under in age, but that we are not bound to that by any means. Um, when you join the Art Museum, Museum of Art, you can always add on a contemporaries membership, which puts you into our active roster. Um, but you don't have to be a member to engage with us. We have plenty of events, all of which are open to the public. You can purchase tickets to our events. Our um, annual ball we just held a couple weeks ago is kind of our signature fundraiser, usually late January. Um, and then we typically do membership drive events in the spring and fall. We do educational art-based programming events a couple times a year as well. Um, so just look at our website or follow us on social to find out about our our events and um, of course join the contemporaries and then we'd love to eventually get you on the board of directors. Sure, you want to tell us your the, the website address? Yeah, it's museum.org slash contemporaries. Cool, great, yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think with when you look at these pieces, I mean first of all, they are large. <laughs> these are yeah. big pieces, right? These I, are, yeah, but not all of them have been. Right. Yeah. So yeah, so so are are they sort of are there others that are sort of scattered around in the museum or there's yes there is one other one a smaller piece currently on display in the one of the upstairs galleries um and then what's the coolest thing that i've done this year is during our board retreat something the museum of art staff took us into the basement the yeah. archive space right. I don't know what you call the, it. the inner sanctum the inner sanctum <laughs> and we got to see some of the initial pieces that contemporaries donated back in the 90s mm. um, which is just a really cool and I think at that point in time you know there was a focus on getting more art by a female artist mm -hmm. and so the contemporaries followed suit there and so it's just be able to see you know these pieces that are not on display right now but are still a value part of the CMA collection mm -hmm. that was a really cool experience so yeah I think of, I think that there's these three permanent pieces and then one other temporary piece on display everything else I believe is currently in the vaults and are all the um, are all the pieces that are acquired are they from living artists contemporary artists or Yes, from don't quote me, but I'm almost positive they all are. Yes, they okay. all are current are artists, are artists that are still living. Yes. Yeah. So because I the reason why I ask is that you know I think <clears throat> first of all I I, I applaud what what uh, the contemporaries are doing and what they're about. I think when um, uh, most people think about you know your, your typical museum patron, your typical museum volunteer, that you think you know ma mainly it's just folks who who kind of take this on when they retire, um, or you know have you know affluent means so they yeah. you know so they, they can do that. But but really trying to attract um, the twenty and thirty and forty somethings, you know, because as you put it, the next generation, right? I mean, and I think when. I was coming into the museum, um, uh, that would have been a group that I certainly would have, even though I don't think I've quite uh, 
aged myself out of it yet, although pretty close. You look pretty uh, young. We, we, we let you come. Yeah, we I can let you slide. I can, yeah. I can pass. You might have another um, year or two in you. I, I, I turned 50 in November, but I think I can yeah, pass. You, you don't look it, so we would probably let you right, cool, we, don't, we don't ID it the door or anything. So. <laughs> as long as you don't ID it As long as you're over 21, that's all we care about. But, but I can't help but think, you know, what a, what a really cool experience that would be for, you know, for younger people getting involved in the museum and, and really feeling like you're a part of, of yeah. a really cool movement. Um, has there been, um, uh, you know, any interesting sort of stories or things or perspectives that you have seen, you know, in, in the, I know you said four years you've been Yeah, four years in Breezeboard, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm just so passionate about this organization for several reasons. You know, to your point earlier, art muse the Museum of Art, you know, or just cultural arts in general does kind of, is supported mostly by that kind of older, more affluent crowd. So part of what I'm very passionate about is people my age in their 20s, 30s, 40s, valuing local art, mm -hmm. not only supporting it in museums like this, but also having it in their homes. Right. And so as our Indian part of annual ball, we do a, a very strong silent art auction where we want local artists art on display for our members to be able to bid on at affordable prices and be able to take that, take that art to their homes or their places of business. So very passionate about that part of it. But you know, for me, I think having younger professionals involved in a cultural arts organization like this is so important because we think differently. It takes it takes more unique experiences to drive us, bring us into somewhere like this somewhere like this museum. And, you know, I never have wanted the Columbia Museum of Art to be somewhere you check off your list. Right. Been there, done, we're moving on. Right. That's right. This is somewhere you should this is somewhere you should frequent. You should be a frequent shopper here, right? Mm -hmm. You should be here at our events, you should be here looking at our galleries and the exhibitions that change in and out. This place like this should be a part integral part of your life. And I think that you know, you you see someone in the contemporaries, you be, we become you know the best of friends in this group. But you see people that really come to come to meet us just because they want to have a fun, they want to have a fun time at a party, right? Right. And then you know you get them involved, in, you get them to join, and they get them on the board, and they really start to value not only art in general more than they ever have, but also the value that the Columbia Museum of Art brings to Columbia. You know, it really is an anchor of Main Street into the city, and you know it's fun watching people kind of realize that you know, as they grow a little older, as they start families here, as they kind of move along with their careers, they kind of start to see like what, how important this institution is for our region. Amen, brother. Um, and the fact that I think, you know, the contemporaries are, you know, really establishing that kind of legacy and are promoting local art and, and getting local art into homes and offices, I think is, 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 for lack of a better word, completely awesome, man. And so um, thank you so much, Chase, for coming in and, and, and talking a little bit about, uh, about the contemporaries. And, um, and it's obvious that your enthusiasm and your passion about what y'all do, um, it really comes out when you talk about it. Um, and so, yeah, I'm totally gonna lie about my age and see what I need to do about being a part. So. <laughs> well, we'll, look at, we'll, look and, we'll look for you at the next event. I promise I'll tell you about you're almost 50. Cool, I appreciate that. <laughs> You're only as old as you feel, Ray. After the break, we hear the second half of the conversation with CMA's Executive Director, Della Watkins. But first, this. This Mother's Day weekend, something is blooming in Columbia, South Carolina. Join the Columbia Museum of Art and its partners for four dazzling days of flowers and art celebrated with special events, classes, demonstrations, and more botanical adventures throughout the city. Explore your floral fantasies at Art Blossoms, May 5th through the 8th at the Columbia Museum of Art.
Welcome back. When we cut this month's episode, we ended Della and Ray's conversation right in the middle. And so y'all missed a whole lot. We'll be picking up where we left off. So if you haven't yet, be sure to go back and listen to our last episode and get caught up first. Okay, did you do it? Great, here we go. Della and Ray, already in progress. One interesting thing, Ray, is it is unethical mm-hmm. for a museum director to take works that we're just going to flip. Mm, yeah, right. So, you know, it would break a collector's heart if I take it in, you know, in, in July and I put it to auction in, <laughs> right. in December. Yeah. So, you know, sort of our, our rule of thumb is, you know, we have to look at it. If we acquire something or, or take it as a gift, we have to look at it and live with it for about three years before we make a deep sessioning decision. Mm-hmm. And that is so that we can find its place. We can find its story. We can find if, if it's not its place. Right. So that's how so gifts come in every which way. Sure. Every which way. But the but the fact that that you are so willing and open to go out and you know to take that call to to cultivate the relationship, um, I think speaks volumes. I think it really does. It, it it captures really the epitome of the spirit of of not just you, Della Watkins, but certainly the museum, um, the mission of this museum. Um, because I could not think of a you know a greater honor. Um, for for someone who has, you know, maybe held a piece for a very long time, mm-hmm. wants to leave it with the museum, you take the time to come in and listen to whether it works out or doesn't, the fact that you just took the time. But if it does work out, to know that that piece is going to be taken care of for generations to come. It is. And I'm a seasoned treasure hunter. Hmm. You know, you know, and I, I have learned just the one you say no to is the one somebody else said yes to and Mm -hmm. so I I take those opportunities and and I want to cultivate a giving culture Mm -hmm. you know a philanthropic support your local museum or support any of your arts and culture here in town you know maybe you have something that's more appropriate material culture for the state museum or maybe it's something for the McKissick or so you know we as colleagues also refer things Mm -hmm. it's not right for me but doggone I was over there the other day and I saw something 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 and you know call them so I think it's it's never a competition sure it's more about giving now the competition's around purchases right yeah because I mean uh, you know (laughs) I I am very bold when we go to an auction or uh, we're looking for something in particular to you know a curator might find something that's going to be fill a big gap that is coming up on an exhibition they want to do you know and we're we're chasing a particular thing so we have to work with gallerists we have to work with collectors we have to work with other museums I mean they're de-accessioning something might be just what I want. So purchasing is is, is more competitive mm. um, and more, you know, really targeted mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than it is, uh, the, you know, the, the gifts. And, you know, another way we get gifts are bequests. You know, somebody just without even calling the museum may, may leave them something in, in a will or um, and, and, so, and, and when that comes in, we, we, we take it and then we have the decision then what to do, to take it as an object, to you know sell it to gift it to another museum or another so um lots of different ways objects come to us but we don't have enough money uh 
to 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 buy buy buy. Right. So we are very dependent on the love 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 of local collectors and and patrons. Sure. And, and just finds. Call me if you find something. <laughs> right. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Uh, <laughs> Call me first. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you. But um, I like that too. That so, so with other with the other museums in the area though y'all y'all sort of y'all network and kind of work together on that. And that's I think a really nice thing for people to hear that you know that it's not it's it's not a competition at that it is level. Not. And, um, and, and and it. You know, and it's, it's not just, you know, visual arts. You know, my partners over at the Nickelodeon or USC or Allen or Benedict or all of us have the same sort of set of responsibilities and goals. We, you know, we all want to be good, good patrons of raising uh, cultural activity mm-hmm. and supporting art and artists. And we all have that same goal, whether it's dance, music, ballet, art mm-hmm. so I, I really you know and you're stronger you know I always tell my team uh, sticks in a bundle don't break that's right uh, because if we work together we're, we're very strong and 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 they have welcomed me and and maybe I'm naive to think when I came to Columbia I didn't know anybody so I needed one friend at a time mm-hmm. and that friend network then pays dividends on everything uh Partnerships, fundraising, art, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. activities, speakers. Yeah. So, so we're we're really, you know, we're we're really partner friendly. Well, I mean, I think you, you really, in order to survive, you really have to be. I mean, because you know, especially in in the Columbia and Midlands in general, and I would say even the state at large. There are so many connections and interconnections in this in this place. You might be talking to someone who knows three other people and three other organizations that you work with. And so that one relationship you have can end up blossoming into five different relationships without you even knowing it, oh, without yes. it even happening. Yes, and it keeps me from stepping on landmines, too. Because <laughs> <laughs> hey. you know, every now and then, you know, you did know that so-and-so did, oh, Hold on, you know, I'll step that back, and before I ask this or suggest that, you know, it yeah. is about people. It's you know, just like you're a friend; they have your back. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. really have your back, and and that that um, that networking, you know, I, I believe it strongly here. I mean, even just during COVID times, my colleagues, my cultural arts colleagues have met um, by Zoom sometimes as much as once a month to talk about, you know, our public hours or about serving our guests or about better ways or whatever the message or concern was. It was almost like having a, have a, a list, a Zoom listserv. Right. <laughs> so that, but it's really important because, you know, I, I don't want to be open six days a week if my colleagues are only open one mm-hmm. you know how, wh- wh- what's your what do you need you know how can I help you or or what was your message around that so it uh, it, it really helps to have friends everywhere sure I and mean, I think it helps all of us that y'all are all friends I mean, yeah, because friends. because ultimately you know we're talking about you know the cultural enrichment of of an area and an area that that is um, uh, more diverse than it gets credit for sometimes um, certainly in terms of race it's very diverse but in socioeconomics it's very diverse um, and in, in terms of nationalities very diverse um, and I think that's one of the things too about the the collective 
elections and 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 what is brought in, whether it's in the special or whether it's in the permanent, there is that that reflection of that diversity. Um, and I think it's such an important aspect for for patrons when they come in that you know back again to that mission that it's not just around the corner um, and it's not just around the world, but but both. It's both, you know, and we consciously work. On inclusion, mm-hmm. you know, what does that mean? How does it feel? How does it apply? How is it relevant? How do we teach it? How do how do we contextualize it? So we talk about that as staff, as our board, at, with my community partners. You know, we talk about diversity and inclusion, accessibility, um, equity. Mm-hmm. How are those things relevant to today? You know, I have a team here. Um, it's about sixty. Um, employees part-time some very part-time some um, about a third of them almost half of those are full-time and and those individuals have made a commitment um, in our year yearly goals and our three-year and our 10-year you know our 10-year goal is to be a beloved art museum in the southeast now you think about that. How bold is that? How do I measure beloved? I'm not sure. <laughs> but and you know, and my and my board is after me about that. Like, how do you measure that? But you know, I I often say it's like your favorite pair of blue jeans. Mm-hmm. You know, how when you think about you know the one you trust and that's favorite. It is beloved, my my go-to. My I have a little discretionary money for the weekend, or I I have my you know, paying the neck uncle for the holiday or where is it that you think about first? What is your a beloved place that you want to be? Mm-hmm. So I don't know how to measure it. Maybe I'm going to measure it in attendance. Maybe I'm going to measure it in membership. Maybe art gifts after this podcast. <laughs> <My pee. laughs> but uh, but but, you know, think about that. It's a it's it's subjective, but uh you know, it's almost like a brand. You follow a brand, right? You follow somebody you you you, you know and trust and rely on. So we want to be we want to be the regional brand. I like it. I like it. Well, back to what you were talking about with about friendship. Uh, let's talk a little bit about affinity groups. What mm-hmm. what what are affinity groups, and then how do you know? Uh, and especially, you know, we'll have several uh, folks today um, that that we have interviewed. Um, that um, you know, how do they how do they work towards achieving sort of the, the culture of the museum? Well, they're 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 tentacles and networks of folks that um, they group together of like interests. So we have the Friends of African African American Art as an affinity group. We have the Design League as an affinity group, and we have um, the Contemporaries, which is a they don't put an age on it, but it's the younger professionals. <laughs> and then we also have our docent core. Now, they're not an affinity group, but certainly ambassadors and educators and, and further network in, in our community. But they're, they each have their own mission, but they circle back to the goals of the museum, which are be welcoming, mm-hmm. be vibrant, mm-hmm. you know, be playful, you know, be a... Uh, community-centered place. So our core values, we all have to buy and embrace and live. So our affinity groups do just that. You know, whether they're, some um, have chosen to to put their fundraising pennies together and help us purchase art. Some are key partners in programming. 
Some are m- member Member, member getters, is that a word? Member? Sounds good to me. <laughs> member getters. Member getters. They go out. That's Southern. We talked about Southern. That's right. Uh, uh, they, they, because of their personal interests, bring like-minded people or, or neighbors or family or friends. So, you know, again, going back to my job and the museum's job, you know, we are here to raise friends, funds, partners, and members. I mean, that's how we survive. Mm-hmm. That's That's the... That's the, our soul. Sure. So our affinity groups are just organized. Um, they have uh, meetings, boards. Uh, they have missions. And, you know, I encourage anyone that wants to invo- get involved in learning about the arts, social activities around the arts, um, how to purchase art, behind the scenes in art, all that, because they're, they're one of our family. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my family's big. <laughs> you sure. know, I have employees, but then I, you know, I do have members. We have affinity groups. We have volunteers. It's just so many. And, you know, I guess it is my educator soul because I, I want to be here for anybody that wants to connect. Right. You know, we used to say art is for everyone. Um, you no, know, I think art is for anyone different thing you know I cannot be all things to all people right but certainly I can give anyone a chance to find a place to engage in art I love it <laughs> if one was interested in being in, a, in an infinity group how does how does that oh be? hop on the website and it's about uh, join there's a great big button that says join and and it further tells you how to be a member of the museum but also it lists the infinity groups what they do um Different, different little activities, and you know, just just find find your place, find your people, find your find your rhythm, mm. um, because each one each one has different um, objectives, mm-hmm. and uh, but all of them are really I consider them, you know, such an integral part of our mission. Sure, to, to be welcoming to all, to all. Cool. <clears throat> Last question. Oh, okay. <laughs> Last question. Warning. <laughs> so, okay. Um, you know, I I often share the story of you know growing up in in South Carolina, not really knowing Columbia, not really knowing much about Columbia, not really ever thinking I belonged in an art museum, <laughs> um, uh, maybe a state museum or something like that, but you know, <laughs> but not an art museum. Um, it, thinking about that and trust me there are a and you know this a vast population of of folks just across the river even or across a major interstate that have never come to the columbia museum of art um you've got a one minute sales pitch you know to get them to to you know what what are the magic words that they you feel like they need to hear about why they need to come to the columbia museum of art my my first, and I think about this all the time. Whether I'm I'm eating in a restaurant, thinking I wonder if everybody in here knows where the museum is, or or if you come to Main Street, I think my sales pitch is try it, even if it feels new. Hmm. And I think art has the ability to open dialogue, to connect in new ways, a little backdoor learning. I think it. It can waken up your own creative spirit. I think it's a absolute wonderful destination, even if you just want to come 
one time to give it a try. So I think art has uh, a lot of magical power. It sure does. I know that, uh, and I can personally attest to that. I mean, I think that was probably one of the, the, the first real experiences I had in this museum was a part of a, uh, it was a very old series, probably 20 years ago we were doing it through the MFA program. We, you know, um, uh, the late Leslie Pierce would bring, you know, um, uh, poets and fiction writers to come around and write responding to the artwork. Um, and that was my first experience ever coming into the museum that, that I can really truly remember. Um, since then, you know, multiple experiences that didn't always have to deal with coming in and looking at our work i mean it was you know um i remember you know the, the the power company was here and doing um uh they had um uh staged dance here in the in 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 the auditorium upstairs around the glass up at the top on the ceiling i mean just just really cool things and you got arts and drafts and 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 all these various things that bring people to the museum and it's not about come in and listen to you know uh, even though i find the art history extremely interesting um but for a first-time patron that might not be the Mm -mm. thing that draws them in but but that welcoming environment that um the art here is for anyone um and and just the like i said the enthusiasm and passion that just shows from uh from from your staff here that i would think if anyone heard that pitch and came (laughs) here they would be they they would be a believer well Uh, you know and you're right because we it's not just about looking at art you know some people need to connect in a new way mm -hmm. maybe we do they come in for a wine tasting or maybe they come in for um with their children and, and use our uh our crosshatch uh maybe they come in for a class or maybe their their friend has brought them in you know, t- to meet here for the day. So it's a lot of uh, different avenues that we hope people will give it a give it a second second look. Um, listen, I have people on Main Street when I'm walking up and down Main Street. So I say, excuse me, can you tell me where the Columbia Museum of Art is? I said, it's that whole block, that great big <laughs> building right there. Uh, so, you know, go on over and, and, and we will welcome we will welcome all. We, you know, we're we're here to to serve through the the use of creative thinking and arts and dialogue and connecting. So, maybe it is a place for you. Maybe it is a place for for anyone. Anyone who wants to give it a shot. Cool. Well, yeah, let's give it a shot. Thank you, Della, so much for taking some time and talking with us today and. And just for being you, I mean, oh. honestly, this 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 podcast wouldn't exist without you. This, well, um, so. you know me; I'm, I'm all about communicating and about and teach. It's not about teaching; it's about engaging with people. You know that, that word "teaching" is a thing of the past. Now we're engaging. That's right. Well, you you are very engaging. Oh, thank you, thank um, you, thank you for having me on podcast. Yeah, on Binder. On Binder. It's actually a binder. So binder. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a teacher. I know all about binders. Yes. Right. <laughs> You've been listening to Binder, a production of the Columbia Museum of Art. Today's episode was hosted by Ray McManus. Produced, edited, and commented on by me, the snarky guy from the ad reads. Special assistance from Joel Ryan Cook. For more information about Binder, CMA exhibitions, and programs, check out our website. Say it with me, folks. www.columbiamuseum.